All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board. This is Trash Talk with Dave Bork, NBA episode four, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Monday, the 6th of November, 2023, and for some, it's the night before the Melbourne Cup here in Australia, so <laughs> that's a big thing, but we're here to talk some NBA. We had some huge news to start last week, about probably a day or two after our episode, James Harden was a member of the Clippers. You look at that lineup now, and you're like, oh, man, they win the NBA title in, I don't know, 2017. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how it goes, don't get me wrong, but it's an interesting one, it is, so they're um, they're right up there again in the championship conversation, and they are now must-watch TV if they weren't already the other team in LA, I guess if you want to call them that, so huge news there to start last week. We also had the in-season tournament kick off over the weekend, some interesting court designs, very, very interesting court designs, some almost... Hard to watch. We'll discuss that a little later. We'll run through the best of the best over the last week. We'll take out some trash. There's always some of that. Run through our best bets. Speaking of best bets last week, we did have New Orleans minus the three and a half against Golden State. Brandon Ingram pulled out. Um, did mention that we were now going to look at just running best bets for the NBA on you know Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, one or the other, on our socials on TikTok or Instagram, or both maybe, uh, at Trash Talk with D Bork is the follow there, but I will find something every Wednesday for us anyway, just to just to throw something out there to see what we can find. Um, and as always, we'll run through some questions on socials, plenty again for this week, so thank you so much for sending those through. Just slide into my DMs on Instagram, at Trash Talk with D Bork for that. Uh, so why don't we get things started? with the best of the best for this week. And look no further than the Boston Celtics. Yep, NBA favorites, Boston Celtics. They are 5-0 and to start the season. They ran up 155 points on Indiana in a 51-point win on Thursday. That is insane. In regulation, I mean, obviously they won by 51 in regulation, but you're running up 155. Boy, oh boy, Indiana. Work on your defense, please. It's embarrassing. But it also shows you how good the Celtics are playing. They are switched on this year. They really are. After that move to get Drew Holiday into this team, uh, they, you know, you look at their starting unit, they are one of the best starting units in the league. Obviously, bench depth could be an issue, but hasn't seemed to worry him so far to start the season. You get Jason Tatum averaging just over 30 points a game, 30.2. Chris has Porzingis. Uh, we mentioned they were an honourable mention last week in Best of the Best. Uh, he's looking at poor Singord level, and yes, he is. Averaging just under 19.5 a game. Uh, Jalen Brown, just over 22.5 a game. And Drew Holiday at 14.7-5. Like, <laughs> good luck guarding this team. They look really, really good. Super locked in. They're, they get a big matchup tomorrow at Minnesota. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be a big one then, obviously, travel to Philadelphia on Thursday. So it's a big week for, for Boston coming up to see if they continue their hot streak. But the way they're playing, you'd probably back them in for sure. So they are definitely the best of the best for this week. Uh, let's go out west. Dallas, great start to the season for them. 
Jason Kidd came out and said he's happy to have uh, battles in the 120s for them. Um, <laughs> he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. They're 5-1 to start the season. Their only loss was to Denver on Saturday in the in-season tournament. And they, were, they were pretty impressive there. But you, you look at their team total so far that they've put up for the season. Yeah, they had 126 in their first up win against San Antonio in San Antonio. Followed that up with 125 in Bro- against Brooklyn at home. Another 125 at Memphis. 114 against Chicago, 114 in a loss to Denver in Denver for the in-season tournament, and then just today put up 124 against Charlotte. Like this is a team who's not battling to score the ball, and they're and Jason Kidd has full confidence in, I guess his main two guys, Luca and Kyrie, that they're going to have enough to to win games at any total. You know, Luca Luca going into today was averaging just under 34 a game. Just under ten and a half rebounds a game and almost nine and a half assists a game. Like he is going for that MVP, gunning for it so so hard, and he is so good to watch, so good to watch. You know, today they beat Charlotte. Like we mentioned, one hundred and twenty-four, one hundred and eighteen. Charlotte gallant in defeat, uh, but Luca, just a quiet twenty-three, twelve, and nine. <laughs> he was one of nine from three, so I won't be too happy with that. But just another solid game from him. Um, but someone in that team who's probably going somewhat unnoticed but definitely gunning for that six-man-of-the-year trophy is Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway Jr., another 16 points today off the bench. He's getting his shots up. He has a fluorescent green light. He's averaging just under 18 points a game, and if you're getting that kind of production from him off the pine with Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, Dante, uh, Dwight Powell, you know, they've, they've got guys that are just, you know, obviously, you know, Josh Green too. They are guys that are just going to run and run and run and will put up points. They will. And we're going to mention their rookie a little later as well, Derek Lively. He was awesome today with 15 and 14. Uh, but, yeah, just another another great great win for the Mavs. Great start to the season for them. They go to Orlando tomorrow. And that's, whew, that's a tough game. I think everyone knows on this show how much we love Orlando. But also pretty, pretty high on Dallas as well. So that'll be one of the games of the day tomorrow for sure. Um, Honourable mention in our best of the best. I mean, you have to mention the reigning champs, Denver. They did have a loss uh, at Minnesota. Somewhat of a, I don't know, revenge game for Minnesota in a way that uh, that Denver handled them in the playoffs. They touched them up too. really did. 110 to 89. Very un-Denver-like given how much they've just, I guess, dominated their opponents to start this season. So... Um, they actually travelled to... Oh, sorry, they're at home to New Orleans tomorrow. That's a great game. Some good basketball going on tomorrow. Might actually find ourselves watching something. <laughs> All right. That is our best of the best for this week. We'll stick with those two teams with that honourable mention. So I believe it's time to take out the trash. All right, why don't we start with Memphis? Poof, yikes. What an awful start to the season for the Grizzlies. Going into today, they were the only winless team in the league, and they're finally on the board. Congratulations, Memphis. Congratulations. From the number two seed last season to absolute cellar dwelling to start the season. They were 0-6. They're now 1-6. They beat... 
the highly ranked Portland Trailblazers, and they've they've battled to do that, to be honest with you. Back-to-back with Portland. It's a nice way for the NBA just to hand them them their first win. But, yeah, they were... They were big time in the last quarter in that one. They blew out blew out the Blazers 30-14 to 14 to win 112-100. Desmond Bain, big time for them today with 30 points, 8-5. and five. Jaron Jackson with 27-7. and seven. But yeah, this team looks awful right now to start the season. And we know they're without Ja Morant, but they're also without Steven Adams, which may be a, a, a much bigger loss than what we thought. Um, after he went down to start the season. And Biombo's at the moment starting at centre for them. Um, Brandon Clark was still out too, so he once once he comes back, you'd, you'd think he slots straight into that starting centre spot once he's healthy. But I don't know. They're, they're struggling a lot, Memphis. I think Morant's still got a long way, long way to go until he comes back from suspension. But you look at who they lost last season in Dylan Brooks, who, let's be honest, a lot of people laughed at him. In that series against the Lakers, he was egging LeBron James on. You, you don't poke the bear, especially against LeBron James. Like, what are you doing, mate? But he's playing some very good basketball in Houston at the moment. He's just averaging just shy of 18 a night and four and a half rebounds um, in a team that's, you know, to be honest with you, playing a lot better than Memphis right now. There, where are our Houston Rockets? They are two and three uh, to start the season. Um, which, you know, to be honest with you, isn't that bad for a team who's not great either. But, yeah, he's, he's playing some good hoops. And, you know, Tyus Jones, who would have been perfect with this Jar Morant suspension, he would have, he definitely would have started. I know they've got Marcus Smart playing there now, but Tyus Jones was great. He was a great backup for Jar Morant. Um, and you can tell that there's, there's a clear void um, in that backup point guard spot at the moment for Memphis. You know, they had Derek Rose playing some minutes at backup point. Um... Yeah, they really they really don't have that spark off the pine right now. So, but they're on the board. It could get them going, but I I do think they're going to be struggling just a little bit. They're off till Thursday, and they've got a got a couple of game homesteading against Miami and Utah to see if they can, I don't know, get something get something going for them. Because usually the grindhouse is a tough place to win, but they've made things easy on their opponents to start the season. <laughs> uh, we'll go out east now. Into the trash goes Julius Randle. Boy, oh boy, is he struggling to start the season. Yikes. Um, the Knicks need this guy to be playing at an all-star level, as he has, I guess, over the last couple of seasons with with Jalen Brunson. Um, and given RJ Barrett's missed missed a couple of games to start this season, um, Julius is averaging you know, around 13.7 a night. Ten and a half rebounds, which is you know a nice a nice rebounding number for a little bit of a small sample size. We'll say that, but his shooting percentage is horrific. Shooting just over twenty seven percent from the field, twenty two and a half percent from three. Julius looks a lot slimmer this year, so I'd say if anything, that's that may have hurt him. I don't know. Maybe his body's taken time to adjust to his new figure, but. He is not playing well right now for a Knicks team who needs him to get buckets because Jalen Brunson cannot do this on his own. The Knicks are two and four to start the season. It's a disappointing start for them, and they play the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. Are we going to see James Harden? Who knows? We'd love to see James Harden because we want to see what this Clippers team is going to look like. I'm sure the Knicks will be hoping that he is not in the lineup for tomorrow. 
currently still questionable by the looks of things. Um, but yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks desperately need a win. They do. Should be a cracking contest, though, if James Harden is playing. The Garden is going to be rocking. Um, last but not least, in our trash, I don't know how we're going to fit this into the truck, but I was all for the in-season tournament. It's great. It's a great initiative. I think there's definitely some fixes to the in-season tournament. Like, there's financial incentives for, you know, the team that wins it. You know, they get a million dollars per player that wins it. What's a, what's a million dollars per player to someone who's already on 30 or 40? Like, who cares? Why don't... Why don't we make it... I don't know. The winning team gets five to ten extra lottery balls for draft night. Like, could you imagine the Denver Nuggets winning the in-season tournament, then all of a sudden having ten extra lottery balls and landing the number one pick? That's huge. We could do that. Or we can make a four-point line or a you know logo shot or everything in the last minute's worth this. Or if you miss a free throw, it's minus one points. I don't know, just some different rules. I think they need to they need to look at that next season for that, for some different rules rather than just financial incentives for players and coaches. On top of that, the court designs hurt everyone's eyes. <laughs> Um, I'll like the blue court in Denver looked cool or whatnot. It looked like you were playing at uh, PCYC Auburn or something. Um, but if you were to watch the Miami or the Chicago game that had a completely red court, that made it near impossible to actually spot the basketball. It did. So maybe they need to look at that. I don't know if Miami play their next game at home. They might want a different court design. Maybe a black court with red lines might make it easier to see things. Just a. Just an idea to anyone listening from the Miami Heat office <laughs> or Chicago. Uh, but there's more games to come. There, those in-season games are on every Thursday and Saturday in November here with the finals to be played on the 8th of December, I believe, in Vegas. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. It's, it, it, it's a fun concept. It just needs a little, little bit of rejigging, I think, for that. But that is the trash for the week. Why don't we go to our socials now and see what we can find for this week. Alright, so this question wasn't asked by anyone, but I actually saw this on at Barstool Gambling. Um, they asked if there was any athlete, we'll call it NBA, athlete that you could give a do-over to, who could it be? So a do-over being if an athlete was interrupted due to injury or some other circumstance. I, I love this question personally. So I'm going to say two guys in particular. Derek Rose is the obvious one. Uh, I think everyone can agree that if D. Rose did not get derailed with injury, this Chicago Bulls team was winning an NBA title. They were one of the best teams pre-D. Rose injury. So tough to watch, heartbreaking to be honest with you, just given how great of an athlete he was um, in his prime. So Derek Rose would, would be 100% number one on that list. Number two on the list, uh, it's going to be Brandon Roy. Man, he was the, I'd say he was the second coming of Kobe Bryant back in his prime. And just so tough to see him go down with knee injury after knee injury. That Portland team was so good, and they were 
yeah, they're cursed, to be honest with you, Paul, and just, you know, obviously had him, you know, they drafted Greg Oden, who eventually was destroyed by injury too, he's probably another player you could throw in there, but Brandon Roy, for me, was, he was special, so special, uh, do remember that playoff series against Houston, where he was just dominant, um, and I really feel like he and LaMarcus Aldridge could have challenged for an NBA title for sure if both were healthy and stayed on there long term. If we're going a bit further back, Drazan Petrovic would have to be the other. Of course, died in a tragic, tragic car accident um, in his home country in Croatia. Um, Travelling on international duties, that, that one's a tough one for... One, for someone who obviously is Croatian as well, but if you never watched any Drazan Petrovic basketball or highlights, do yourself a favour, jump on YouTube and check him out because the guy was incredible. Incredible. Grab your Drazan Petrovic jersey from the at throwback store as well. <laughs> Alright, we'll go to our next question from at Jack underscore Smig23. Young fella from Perth, loves his basketball, loves his Perth Wildcats too. Will Tyrese Maxey be an all-NBA player by season's end? Absolutely yes. He has the keys to the city in Detroit. <laughs> Sorry, not in Detroit, in Philly. Maybe Detroit wishes they had Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> um, he's been incredible to start the season. He really has. He is heading towards being a first-time all-star this season, uh, that was the best move possible that Philly could have made, just getting rid of James Harden. You know, Maxie's averaging, you know, just over 26 a game, uh, just over five boards a night, and um, also Diamond, Diamond this year, averaging six and a half assists a night. So, yeah, I, I, I do think Tyrese Maxie does make um, an All-NBA team, whether it's second or third, I'm not sure, but I believe he belongs in that list, especially if he keeps up his play. At this level, um, he's so so good to watch. It's exciting. Um, Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia fans, they'll struggle a little bit this year, just knowing that they probably aren't going to win a title. But you can now build around Tyrese and and Joel Embiid with all the expiring contracts that they've got out of that James Harden deal. Philly are going to make some moves next season. They they still might not be done making moves, but as the team is constructed at the moment. There's no reason to believe that Tyrus Maxey isn't going to be an All-NBA player by season's end, in my opinion. All right. Thank you, Jack. Let's go to at AJ Fraser, the man with the at Albatross Barbecue. Check him out. Loves cooking some meats, old Randy. Big Charlotte fan. Surprise, surprise. We got a Charlotte question. Two-part question, though. We can all agree that Charlotte have an exciting young core of Lamelo, Mark Williams, and Brandon Miller. Can you see them making a move for another young player or draft assets for Gordon Hayward's expiring contract, or could they get into the Zach Levine sweepstakes? And secondly, can you please give us your current top five on the Rookie of the Year voting? Well, I've been, been impressed so far with this Charlotte Hornets team. I have. Uh, they gave Dallas a they gave Dallas a shake today, um, but you I mean you can still see that this team can't guard whatsoever at all. But they're in that Southeast division, which I feel like is Orlando's or or Atlanta's this year. But Charlotte can be thereabouts. You know, obviously Miami 
they'll eventually make a run, but I, I don't think they're any good this year at all. Will they move Gordon Haywood on? I don't know what you're going to be able to get out of Gordon, but I also feel like you need someone like him on your roster with such a young team. You need some old heads to kind of carry you through, and he's still been playing at a, at a good enough level. You know, He's averaging just over 17 a night and just under six reps a night, so I think, I think they keep him on. I do. Um, in regards to Brandon Miller, you know, this he's super long, so improvements are going to be made on the defensive end for him. He seems like he's got the green light there in Charlotte too. He does. Um, but it, it's going to be a slow burn for the Charlotte Hornets for sure. I feel like they're missing a real true two guard, so whether or not they can get in the Zach Levine sweepstakes, like, I don't know, if you, you can try and trade, you know, Gordon Haywood and Rosier and another piece away for Zach. Whether or not Chicago would go for that, I'm not sure. But yeah, it you could be making a move for draft assets in a team that would be in need of it. Maybe someone like Philly could potentially pick up Gordon Haywood and move on some of those picks that they just got from the Clippers. That could be a chance. But I think for the time being, I I I, I do believe you you hold on to Gordon just. Given that the fact you need, you need some older heads on a on a on a very young team that you know, can battle for battle for direction if they were just to be all the kids on their roster because no one guards on that team. In <laughs> uh, uh, part two of your question, your current top five on rookie of the year voting. I think it's it's Wemby and Daylight at the moment, but Chet is playing great basketball at OKC and. Steve Kerr actually came out today and said, I feel like everyone can see this OKC team coming. They are. And Chet goes a long way in helping them get to that, you know, top six out, you know, out of playing contention this year. Uh, so he's definitely second in voting. Asaw Thompson in Detroit is playing some good basketball as well right now. Um, they're, you never know what kind of team you're going to get out of Detroit, but they've got a They've probably got a better young core ahead of Charlotte, just given, you know, with Cade, Jaden Ivey, Thompson, um, and another guy that I kind of want to mention as an honorable mention, he doesn't make it into my top five, but plays for Detroit, is Marcus Sasser. Just a guy who should have won a national championship at Houston. They butchered that massively last year. Um, he's been killing it in extended minutes off the bench for them over the last three games. So I feel like he could, he could edge into that all rookie first or second team for sure this season. But to wrap up um, the top five, obviously Brandon Miller, I'd have it fourth, just given the way that he's able just to get buckets. I feel like he's got to improve on the defensive end, but I, he, he'll he make the all first team, I believe. You need probably him and Chet. Or he contends with this guy, Derek Lively, playing for the Dallas Mavericks. He's a younger JaVale McGee. He's... He's looking good for them, starting now as well. So Dallas have a good one. They do. Yeah, they've got someone to help protect the rim for when you know Luca and Kyrie get beat off the dribble. They've got him right behind them. So yeah, he's a he's a big runner along with Brandon Miller to make that um, all rookie first or top five in rookie of the year voting. So thanks so much for all your questions, team. Uh, send those. Keep sending those through at Trash Talk with D Bork on instagram i will get through all of them as always or process the best ones those were 
those were the best of the best for this week so i appreciate that keep the comments and the feedback coming as well but for now let's go to our best bets for tomorrow let's find something we'll chat on i guess how we went for the in-season tournament, we posted our best bet, uh, which was Denver-Dallas over 228. That saluted, so we'll try and find something tomorrow. And as always, hit on uh, hit on our best bets on socials, on TikTok and the gram on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So let's see if we can find Jerry. Show me the money! Yep, he's always after it. So let's find something for tomorrow. Big card. Very big card tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go to Dallas, Orlando. I know Dallas were in our best of the best for this week, but this Orlando team was also very close to being in our best of the best. We're going to take Orlando head-to-head in this contest or on the money line at $1.84, which is about minus one fifteen, I believe. That's the bet for tomorrow. Tough one, obviously, with with Dallas on a back-to-back, though. Um, So there's every chance that potentially Luca or Kyrie may not sit. So it's something I would jump on now because that price will definitely shorten if either of them sit. If they play, they play. But, yeah, that's a a bet for tomorrow. I'd say if they're both in, though, I would lean towards the over 224.5 as well, just given that this Dallas team, all they do is score (laughs) right now. So... They'll be happy getting into a track meet with a younger team. But that is it for the week. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday for our NFL episode. And as always, keep an eye out on socials. Keep the questions and comments coming. I hope you all have enjoyed episode four. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I'm out. I'll see you Wednesday.